Listener discretion is advised, as the Ebenezer's podcast may contain suggestive and or triggering themes and overall adult content. All right. Hey, guys, this is Doreen. Welcome to the Ebenezer's podcast. And we also have Jabby. Hello there. Um, so today we're going to be talking about squash and mole, and we'll get to that in just a second. But first, we want you guys to know a little bit more about us and why we're doing this and who we are and all that good stuff. So Jabby and I have been friends for a over a decade, right? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we met through a, like, it, I guess it was like a blind friend date. Um, <laughs> and so I had a friend and she had a friend that they were friends and they were like, hey, both of you guys just moved to Denver. You should hang out. So in my naturally welcoming way, I said, no, thank you. Um, I don't want to be hard. You do. So, every time you tell this, I feel a little pain when you say that. It wow. just shows what, a, what an unwelcoming person I can be at first. Like, I have stranger danger. I'm like, no, no, stranger <laughs> danger, stranger danger. But it's because of the type of people that I attract in my life. It's nothing to do with like a reflection of you. I didn't know anything about you. No. So <laughs> we met in Denver within my first like, couple weeks of being there. She called me first. What? And, yeah, she made the first move in our friendship, but we <laughs> got along so well. Like, I was shocked. I'm sure she probably was, too. I yeah. mean, we're both from South Florida, so I'm sure that helps to have, like, that commonality. Um, we both were raised by Haitian, you know, her Haitian stepdad, my Haitian parents, yeah. And it really helped to kind of cement our, like, just, I mean, we were really different in terms of what we like and what we listen to and all that, but somehow it just works. We have a good balance. We're very non-judgmental. And over the, you know, this, the course of our friendship, we realized that we have some great conversations and we really thought that people should listen to us. Like, <laughs> we're smart, you know, like, listen to what we're saying. We, we know where it's at. So, I like that. <laughs> so, Jabby, tell me your side of the whole story. So, first of all, I really don't remember making the first move. I guess I got to a point living in this new city with no friends and just trying to make some kind of connection with someone that was just like, I'm just going to do it. Forget it. I can do this. I can be an adult. <laughs> and I just remember you lived in not a dorm. Because if I say dorm. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. What is it called again? Campus student housing. Student housing. Okay. Because I was a so, grown adult living in this place with a bunch of like teeny boppers. So I have to differentiate to make myself feel better. <laughs> so this place was really interesting. Um, it had a range of ages living there. So you had like these just beginning out in college all the way to the 40 something year old dude that lived across the hall from you. Yeah. And he was so sweet though, but I really liked having like Chinese food with him um in his room. <laughs> I remember us doing that a couple times. He was a former lawyer that decided at like 45 that he wanted to become a medical doctor. So he like gave up his practice, gave up everything, moved wow. off off into this off-campus housing even though he had a house in Denver. Wow. Um to go to medical school so yeah we he was probably one of my closest friends while i lived there but he was hey no shame in the game it's expensive okay school is expensive living is expensive so i don't blame him but i you know i just thought it was really cool to meet someone like that and then we had like what was it like the one goth chick and then we had like the juggalo. party guy she was a, she was a juggalo she oh my god that's goth. right <laughs> 
I misspoke. It was a juggalo. She was a juggalo um, and a Wiccan. So I understand how the goth, you know, image oh, kind of happened. <laughs> that what a mix. What a time to be alive. I do remember getting there and just being kind of nervous. I don't remember what we did, but I'm sure we watched a movie or something. I think we went out, if I'm not mistaken. We may have gone out. Well, we did what we, what I guess, became our little habit. Like, you came to my place because I did not have a car. Yeah. And we would hang out at my place and either see what adventures happened by just roaming the hallways, which was, which was always pretty productive. Yeah. Um, and, or we would go and get food. So I think this time we hung out. Like, I showed you my room. And then we went and got food. And then we kind of, like, hung out a little bit more. And then, you know, talked about our love of movies and alcohol and all that good stuff. <laughs> alcohol. It was a good time. <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, just as Doreen said, like, we just connected. You know, we had a moment where we kind of slowed down, as most friendships do. They sometimes ebb and flow. But this last, like, connection that we made, and I want to say, like, for over, like, five years or so like yeah I'm going strong okay yeah. <laughs> and we're solid I you know if you guys haven't seen yet and by the time that this comes out we may not have the website up yet but one of the things we have up there is it's 2 a.m one of us is doing cartwheels and one of us is doing splits. And so really it's like an ode to the fact that honestly, every time Doreen and I have a conversation, either it's on the phone or we get together in person, we just have like the greatest time together. I, I, and then that's what I've got for right now. So, you so let's get a- talk about, yeah, like the current state of affairs that we're in right now. So right now sure. we are under, you know, stay at home, quarantine, pandemic, COVID is out there and wrecking havoc and people are losing their lives. So we are in the house trying to be safe. So part of that is millennials, or let me not say millennials, I don't want to give us a bad rap because we technically are millennials, ouch. (laughs) But the Gen Zers are like, they were literally out partying, going to spring break. Like if I get coronavirus and like, oh, well, so those are the people I think that the boomers see and they're just like, shame on you. And then the you know, Gen Zers are like, okay, boomer. And then it becomes this like back and forth toxic kind of relationship where they feel like they know better. These kids are just like young and free and trying to live their life and they don't really yeah. believe in rules. So we're going to kind of talk about millennials, Generation Z, boomers, and just kind of discuss all that. And of course, we are going to tell you what Squashamole actually is. So what I love about you bringing that up is the fact that all the headlines are saying millennials are out partying, millennials aren't listening. And then you'll see online on social media, millennials are like, it's not us, it's Gen Z. We're at home. We have either, we're older, we have families we are trying to work some of us have lost our jobs we're trying to figure out how to survive right now we're not worried about no spring break and if you are a millennial and that's all you have to worry about i'm so happy for you but i'm also jealous and i kind of hate you (laughs) (laughs) so before we uh go crazy on this because dorian and i always get really passionate in our conversations. I wanted to go through a couple of like the ridiculous headlines that you would hear about millennials. So one of them was millionaire to millennials. Stop buying avocado toast if you want to buy a home. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's extreme. Okay, Bob, because that's the main reason that we can't buy a house. And then uh, we have millennials are killing the napkin industry. How? 
I, I don't know, but it just goes on and on. There was one where it said millennials are killing classic dining, like Denny's and stuff like that. And I'm just like, because we don't want to eat crap maybe. And you know what? There are some people that still eat there, which is cool. Do what you want. But I am of the variety that I like to support local businesses. And sometimes they're a little more expensive, but um, I really like good food. I'm a big food snob. So Maybe that's millennial in me, maybe not. I don't care. But really, I think this is interesting because the, the whole battle of the generations is uh, you have a, one group, right, on one end that is progressing with technology at such a rapid speed that we almost don't appreciate it. And then you have the boomers who were really born into really hard times socially. It, it really wasn't a overall economy that was their issue. It was these social issues. And those issues just caused so much, I would say, residual feelings um, as you got older and as they made had families and grandchildren and things like that. You know, luckily we don't have a lot of these issues anymore, but they are still, I mean, p- as on a political way, as far as like what's on the books. So what I mean is, for example, 1967, is when Loving versus Virginia was decided on and boomers are considered 1946 to 1964. So you're talking about people who were literally born into a world where it wasn't okay for two different races to get married. Homosexuality was strongly looked down upon and it created the shame almost for people that had to go through it. In my line of work, I have I right now I am dealing with stories of past child abuse. And so this was something also a time where a lot of that wasn't coming out in the news. People had this whole white picket fence mentality that everything was fine. So if you did have any of those issues, if you were in love with someone of outside your race, if you you know felt any type of way towards, you know, the same sex, like, you know, romantic feelings or you know, you were abused or there's, you know, um, domestic abuse in your home, you were constantly told to keep it in the family. This doesn't go outside the family. You were, you don't feel this way or, you know, that's just the way it is. Even though families now, I understand, may still go through that right now. And they are, because it is very true. You're coming from, a, they are coming from a whole generation where as a whole, this was all swept under the rug. So we kind of have to, think about where these two generations lie. And also, you know, it's, it's, it gets complicated, right? Because you come home for Thanksgiving, right? And you're sitting across the dinner table from your racist grandma, right? (laughs) So you're millennial and, you know, we're, we're a little different, you know, we don't, for the most part, a lot of us do not care about what your sexuality is. We don't care about people dating outside of their races, things like that. We want to be, we want people to be happy. Um, and I think uh, even better is the generation below us, um, Gen Z, they're even more wild. <laughs> you know, they're adding on to the LGB, you know, the, G- <laughs> the whole thing, right? Um, so it's just really interesting. And um, so I found this book by this guy, Bruce Gibney. I hope I said that right. And he basically puts out the argument that Everything boomers blame millennials for, like selfishness, the Mimi attitude, et cetera, 
all of that was basically learned from somewhere, right? We had to get it from somewhere and surprise, we probably learned it from boomers. Maybe racist grandma didn't make you racist, but she may have passed on some other less than favorable traits. So things like impulsivity, egotism, and lack of empathy. So all these things that they think we are, there's a good chance they had that in themselves already. So we grew up with that a little bit. And then I think it's for them to say the lack of empathy, I thought was really interesting for him to comment on because you have the article where that AARP executive said something like, oh yeah, millennials, well, we are the boomers and we have all the money. And it was so tone deaf and it was just so, I don't even know what, I, I can't even give you the word for it. Like that she actually said that out, like out. And it's kind of like, well, thanks for proving your our points against, you know, against you kind of thing. I, I feel like you have a question, Doreen. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it's important to note that with the boomers, I mean, uh, the very definition of the name boomers is because they were, you know, that big generation that happened after the war. So for them, establishing a sense of normalcy and establishing routine and like following these like societal norms is what gave them structure and what allowed them to flourish. But the conditions yeah, that course. they they had at that time, we don't have, like you could work at a job back then for 30 to 40 years. And like, they have like, Oh, we, you, you know, you could suck, but they're like, we admire your loyalty. You're going to get, you know, a retirement package. You're going to get this, you're going to mm-hmm. get that. And we don't live in that generation anymore. So those rules don't apply to our generation or even the younger generation. And because of that, I think Gen Zers and millennials, we had to adapt and maybe we did overcorrect because think about it though, like most of those baby boomers will admit to the fact that they're either their mom was at home, Mm -hmm. dad never was really there, did his own thing, you know? And so they try to overcompensate for that by giving their kids like all of this attention and like you you can do it you know they didn't want to be that absentee parent and yeah. they create these little baby like egotistic monsters yeah. and so it's so it's just interesting sorry but yeah no continue. no 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 it's true and no one from any generation can go without saying they weren't influenced by a previous generation i mean that's just that's just silly. You know, who are you raised by? You know, whether you're raised by biological parents or, you know, any other guardian, you know, somebody had an impression on you, right? Let's so have see. we talked about what years are actually Gen Z, Millennial, Gen X, Baby Boomers? Have we talked oh, about that? No, I think you have yeah. a list for me. So go ahead. So let's start with the Baby Boomers. Baby Boomers are defined on this Kasasa website as being born between 1944 and 1964. Generation X is 1965 through 1979, but like no one really talks about them, let's be honest. And millennials <laughs> are, are considered born between 1980 and 1994. And Generation Z is 1995 between 2015. So those are the definitions according to this website. So you may find some, you know, slight changes in terms of the years, but you get the drift. I, I, I feel like Gen X is like, just kind of like pushed him out the way there for a second. You're like, no one's talking about you. <laughs> no one's talking about you. Even though they you were like at the 80s. <laughs> but they were like latchkey kids. They had to like do it all themselves and like figure it out, you know, like so they created our little, you know, I feel like millennials are just better. I'm gonna say that just because I'm, I'm Ooh, in that group. Fighting words. <laughs> we each so. have our things, but we got computers and technology. So bam boom what are you gonna do drops mic 
Just kidding. This is the podcast. Computers. We still need to talk. Exactly. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um, so um, I'm going to use a quick quote here from Gibney. Um, he had an article in the Washington Post. So he basically said, for the first half of the boom, for the first half of the boomers, particularly, they came of age in a time of fairly effortless prosperity, and they were conditioned to think that everything gets better each year without any real effort. So they really just assume that things are going to work out no matter what. This is unhelpful conditioning. You have 25 years where everything just seems to be getting better and better, so you tend not to try as hard, and you have much greater expectations about what society can do for you and what it owes you. It should be noted, though, with his research, this focus mainly on middle-class suburban families. So that was probably more than likely white families. Basically, in all, it's almost offensive when you have these older generations saying that millennials or Gen Zers are, you know, lazy, we're not trying hard enough, etc. And it's just kind of like, oh yeah, really, Bob, Karen, you made a living as a door-to-door salesman and stay-at-home wife with five kids. My, in, my two-income household with one child gives me the type of anxiety that you would not believe. And I know plenty of other people my age who feel the exact same way. Not to say that all boomers are tone deaf to us, but I think as a whole, they're not realizing just what we're up against. Personally for me, I always worked and went to school throughout my 20s. I had to, there was no other way for me to do it. So I got my degree a little bit later and I started other things later, you know, so And it's proven that a lot of millennials are waiting until their 30s, mid 30s to finally start families because we're just trying to get a leg up. It's really strange the differences between, you know, the two generations and how they feel about where we're going as a whole, as a society. I really feel like millennials have been listening to boomers, just like any other generation. So you know how older generations are always like, ah, those young kids, they never listen to us, blah, blah, blah. I really think millennials have taken it a step further. They realized that racism wasn't working, realized that sexism wasn't working, realized that all these isms are not working. And so at least in the world that I live in, The majority of younger generations really, they don't care who dates who, they don't care how you identify sexually, and it seems we're way less stigmatized by mental health. And what I mean by that is we're way more open about mental health. One of my favorite memes, actually, is it says like, okay, so boomers talking, oh no, you're depressed, never talk about that again, it stays in the family. Then it's like millennials, lol, you guys, guess what my my therapist told me today? It's like, we're so open and we're so ready to like, just talk about what we're going through. And I think that makes us closer. I think that that really makes us come together at the end of the day with the bigger issues that we have in our lives right now, which is, you know, we have this terrible virus going around, but we also have elections coming up. So it's like all these things we're trying to balance, but at least we're open about it. And then Another question is, where do the other generations lie in this? My parents, they are, according to this, they're Gen Xers. Where, where do they lie in this? What effect have they had on millennials? You know, what role do they play in the state of the current world? So in talking about like parents and stuff, like my parents are the, are baby boomers. Your parents are uh, generation X. 
So mm-hmm. when you're like, your mom is really technologically advanced. And like, wh- I'm just like, I'm in awe of her because most <laughs> of the parents that I know yeah. are like, my parents were just like, what is this? Can you help me how to figure this out? You know, like I am constantly having to like troubleshoot things with them. And like, I love them. And I love that they're willing to put forth the effort to try, but they didn't grow up in that generation at all. So for them, they had like typewriters and, you know, like paper newspapers and that's what they did. And so trying to adapt at a later age is a lot harder. I feel like there are, I was reading an article and it says the top 21 things that millennials do differently than baby boomers. And I think this will be kind of fun to get into. Yay. So the first one is humor. And so they list this out. They say that the ugly Christmas sweater party never occurred to me that like older adults are like, what's wrong with these sweaters? They're really cute. Like, I don't see anything wrong. You know, <laughs> we are literally making fun of them. Like, and their holiday swag. I remember having a teacher that would like match her glasses to her like crazy sweaters and outfits every day. So it'd be like purple, red, green, yellow, every color. Like she was just like, and we just thought it was hilarious. But for her, she's like, I am color coordinating. Like you are not ready. (laughs) We were not. And we, we poke, we, we poke fun. Like, and so then the other one is like just transportation. So baby boomers were all about like, you need a car. Like that's one of the first like responsible things that you can do. And look at us. We are the age of Lyft, Uber, all public transportation, scooters. And even some people ride unicycles. Do you boo? However you want to get from (laughs) point A to point B is perfectly fine. Can I say the amount of times living in Denver that I've seen strange modes of transportation (laughs) blows my mind. If you are ever a regular in downtown Denver during just regular, you know, rush hour or what have you, you see so many different modes of transportation and the unicycle is one of them. Yeah. Uh, In Denver, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. Um, So some of the other things is experiences versus material things. So baby boomers really valued having stuff like, like you said, that article that mentioned, well, we have all the money okay, but have you had the same experiences that we have? Baby boomers tended to stay in one place, settle down, and not really move around too much, and they crave that stability. But Generation Z and Millennials, and even a little bit Generation X, we, they tend to prioritize like saving up $1,000 to go on this like epic trip where you have these memories and you have personal growth and like that sort of thing. Like that is, that's probably why we're not buying houses. That's another thing, like housing, they're like, oh, well, they're not buying homes. They're, they're mostly renting, and there's a reason for it because we don't want to stay in one place forever. We want to be able to have some options. And if you do find a place that you love, then stay there. Great. So valuing experiences over material things is a big one. Like I am in so many different travel groups where they're like, don't get booed up, like go buy a plane ticket instead. And that is really so indicative of the times that we're living in. You know, my parents would never really do like they, they would go on their like romantic vacations pre-kids. But once you had kids, it became like going somewhere as a family, not necessarily going somewhere just to have like some grand adventure. So that's another place. Um, educational and career choices. Most, I would say most people do end up going to college if they can afford it, or they try to start their own business or some sort of entrepreneurial like spirit. Like it's, it's definitely different than my parents. Like they went to school, they got a job, they worked there, they moved on, you know? So one of the other big places where we can talk about the difference, uh, differences between the millennials, generation Zers, generation Xers and the boomers is food. We love food. Right. So especially brunch, brunch, yes, yes. drinks, breakfast food slash lunch food, 
put them all together in like a really nice spot with a bunch of other people, maybe throw in a little rooftop view. Perfect. I am down for it. I love it. Brunch is like amazing because I hate waking up early, especially on the weekends. So it's like <laughs> I get to wake up and not miss out on breakfast. And I it's so I love it. So what is the most popular brunch food of the time right now? Avocado toast. Avocados in general have been just a really popular fruit. You mentioned that in your yes. in one of the articles, right? Like avocados <laughs> are super popular. Everybody loves them in every shape or form. So when we were doing our research for, you know, the millennials versus boomers, we got into this whole thing about like guacamole and everything else. And we came across this article that says guacamole, more like squashamole. Restaurants <laughs> are fake alternative avocado prices as avocado prices soar. So what's happened is we have like decimated the avocado industry to the point that restaurants can't afford it. And it's usually not even available in the quantities that we consume it. So they started using a squash, a squash, like zucchini, like squash in replacement because it, when you mix it up with everything else, it tastes like guacamole. So hence squashamole. I love squashamole. I'm here for it. I haven't had it, but I'm down to try it. But the thing is, you probably have had it and didn't know. That's, that's the whole thing. So they <laughs> and so squash and moly is, is, is very indicative of the times that we live in with the millennials versus the boomers. Boomers didn't care about avocados like that. My parents do. They love avocados, but that's because we're Caribbean. So we, yes. we grew up with it. So for them, they're just like, what is the deal with all this avocado stuff? I know when a couple of years ago, like my brother and his wife were like, oh, we had avocado toast. I'm like, what the hell is avocado toast? Like, what are you talking about? And then I had it and hated it. So I don't like avocado toast, but I like avocados in their raw form or as like guacamole with like onions and peppers and tomatoes and all that good stuff mixed in. I like it like that and that's it. So yeah, that's what squashamole is. I have to say really quick, I do like avocado toast for the really long time, tried not to order it anywhere I went. And I finally ordered it in Brooklyn when I was having a quick little snack with my mom and we were having a quick drink and it was just I, I got it finally because it was like loaded with like you know the avocado and then a bunch of veggies and these spices and it was actually really good so ever since then I've been obsessed with making it at home so my husband knows when he goes to the grocery store pick up like four or five avocados because I'm probably going to have avocado toast maybe once a day at some point but I hook it up. So you got to make sure that you have your toppings ready. You got to make sure that depending on if you want it like a warm toast or a cold toast, like it's, it, there's a whole thing to it. I'm going to get you one day, one day. I'm going to get you. So what I learned was a couple weeks ago, I love to cook too. Um, I, I am not vegan, but I do like to cook. So I made this, um, it was, I saw it on like this Buzzfeed tasty like food website that they have and it was basically put an egg in avocado and then you bake it and I was like oh my god I love avocados I love eggs boom yes let's do it and then I tasted it and I was like holy moly I do not like warm avocado it did not <laughs> I was like I don't like it I don't like it like no thank you pass hard pass I wasted like three avocados that day I did not care 
yeah. I'm not eating it. It was so nasty to me. I didn't like it. And when I went back and read the reviews, people were like, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And then you had that, like those five people that were like me, they're like, turns out we don't like avocado being hot. It tastes like greasy garbage. Yep. And so, Hey, and, but my dad was like, I think it was because you used a Haas avocado instead of like the Florida avocados. So maybe that made a difference, but I didn't, I didn't care for it, but I love avocados. Like don't, don't come and like attack me over. I, I'm saying I love them. I would just rather have them <laughs> in a raw her. form. I'll make like an avocado salad, whatever. So some of the other differences between like <laughs> millennials, <laughs> between millennials and boomers, uh, Gen Zers, I'm going to throw you guys in there, is like working out in fitness. So before Ooh. they would like go and like, you know, walk around with their little girls, like the women housewives would have, but it was more about socializing than anything else. And I would say this generation takes working out in fitness a lot more serious. It's part of this whole like balance that you can get in your life, not just mental, but physical, you know, not working jobs that kill you and drain you. They, everybody wants that work life balance. And I think we really see it now in this, in this newer generation, like they value spirituality over organized religion. But the problem is, um, when I, I took this public health class a couple years or two years ago, and they said the problem with the with what we're doing is that we're losing a sense of community. Like how many people really know their neighbors? When you went to the same church and you go to the same supermarket and you go to the same places, you built a sense of community because you got to interact with the same people over and over again. So we live in a lot of suburbs where we're spread out. You have to drive to where you can afford and then buy a house there if you're going to buy a house or even rent and then live there and like but you make a sacrifice of not having a lot of touch so you spend an hour in traffic every day driving back and forth home to work how are you really enjoying your life and after work if you are doing that so the newer generations have really found that it's important to maybe make a sacrifice and live in the city so that you can walk to the places that you like and have a neighborhood bar like cheers would never happen if you're living in the suburbs right because when you don't have to pass these places and where everybody knows your name nobody knows your name if you never go there it's all <laughs> it's all about building communities and finding different ways around that and really organized religion was a big way that people did that and so boomers really really embraced it whether they even believed in all of it is is it didn't even matter if this is what you did this is a societal norm you don't go to church oh my god gaps how dare you and so that's that's another big thing so spirituality versus religion is, is a big point where they differ so let's talk about some good stuff though yes boomers do not approve of the new styles these man buns the retro hats the glasses the tattoos i think the younger generation yeah hipsters but the younger generation is all about individuality like you don't have to conform to any particular standard you do you in any way and be unapologetic with it and I love that because so many boobers were closeted you know they had to hide who they really were to fit in because they, it wasn't widely accepted like you know when those laws were passed to allow interracial dating imagine liking someone and it's literally against the law we live in a world where that just seems so like ridiculous right like yeah nobody cares now but it took a lot a lot of fighting and a lot of people like dying losing their lives being incarcerated for us to get to that point boomers also really love shopping macy's nordstrom's all these places that was like the thing everyone where do you buy most of your clothes Javi? i actually do a lot of thrifting oh see and that's some hipster stuff but that's okay we still love her <laughs> like <laughs> i don't thrift shop that much because as a plus size person it's really hard to find people giving away their share stuff that actually uh works well 
And so for me, I buy most of my stuff either on websites or Amazon and my friends and my coworkers make fun of me because I refuse to go to the mall. If I go to the mall, it's because it's, but they're going to charge me $10 to return it by mail and I'm too cheap to actually like do it, <laughs> but I will put it off until the day that it is due. I'm like, fine, I'll go return it in the store. But I hate going to the mall. I spent so much time there as a kid. And it used to be like the height of like coolness is like to go with your friends, meet boys in the mall, do all these different shopping, you know, all this stuff. And I hate it now. There's just too many people. It's too superficial. So many people are like, can you buy this? Do you want to try that? Do you want to sample this? I feel attacked when I go to the mall and it doesn't make me feel safe. And I prefer to just do my online shopping without judgment, without like snooty salespeople. So like a lot of that, so that, that, pretty woman moment where she like walks into the boutique and the lady's like really snooty with her that type of stuff doesn't happen as often anymore unless you go to a snooty boutique but because we buy most of our stuff online um so our style is definitely different like they do not approve like my mom I love her to death but she grew up in a relaxer time and I do have a relaxer now but I was natural for a long time Mm -hmm. um she does not like natural hairstyles she's just like ooh, what's happening there like Mm. no thank you because that's not how they grew up they grew up with having to have like straight hair with rollers and you know Mm -hmm. looking a certain way wearing high heels wearing dresses so things are changing we're evolving are we evolving for the better is the question but we'll find out right like there's no gender norms everyone has their own like I don't you know maybe some people don't identify as a man woman they just want to be them they that's perfectly fine again do you boo whatever makes you happy and makes you want to get up in the morning then do it don't apologize and that's something that I love that millennials and Gen Zers have embraced is that whole independent fiery spirit that was, so that was nice. I like that yeah that feel good yeah, a little pep talk right <laughs> yeah it did <laughs> So, I mean, for a long time, I did suffer from the same um, belief that, like, millennials were, like, these, like, really rude, really entitled, like, self-involved people. And then I found out that I was one. I was like, no, not me. No. (laughs) But now that I've done a lot more research... I see that I am a millennial and it's okay. I'm going to say that a lot of my personality is that way. Like I don't go and protest necessarily, but I believe in things very strongly. And my parents protested. They were all about like going into the streets and letting your voice be heard. But now is it more effective to do that? Or is it more effective to like do an online protest or to have these discussions, you know? So I will say that while you see some people out here partying and ignoring the pandemic and pretending that everything is good like still having like these groups and all that I think that they eventually will learn their lessons I mean we're we all are young and they're young and they don't know what they're doing yet and they're still figuring it out so there's a certain level of ignorance that comes with being young and we need to just understand that they don't know yet remember at 20 something you thought you had all the answers you didn't and you know as you get older we learn we we mature right so things that I don't necessarily believe in I know a lot of people are like crystals healing energy and all of that I think it's more of a placebo effect if you give something power it will work so if it works for you great but I don't think you should put a healing crystal on cancer like I'm just gonna put it out there don't think that's gonna fix it so um (laughs) that's my opinion but again no one attacked me about this I'm just telling you how I feel I'm gonna keep it real and sometimes keeping it real goes wrong, but that's okay. I have to say, I feel a little attacked. I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not. I personally do have um, stones. I have tarot cards, but I use it differently than a lot of people may 
think it's used for. I use them as everyday reminders, kind of like mantras. Before, when I worked a really stressful job, I would do my cards in the morning and not to ask for anything, not to see the future or anything like that. It was just reminders about, okay, this card is about love you know, being mindful about love and of what you have in your life. This card says um, there may be something that, you know, you may be thinking about hurting a little bit. So I kind of use it more of as a way to get through the day, as opposed to some people may use it as a way to see the future and to things like that. So that's kind of why I engage in stuff like that. And plus it makes my room look pretty and it, I get to burn some really pretty stuff. <laughs> So to be fair, I have tried it. I went to like a spirituality place and like they had like a whole wall of crystals and they're like, just grab these crystals and like hold them. And like when you feel something, then that's a crystal that you need and then bring it back up to us and then we'll tell you what it means. And I like, I held like a hundred crystals and I was like, I don't feel anything, Yeah. but I'll buy one just because I feel like I have to or else people are like, "Mm, what are you doing here? I mean, I think that there is, I do believe in spirituality over religion, like you can have both and do, and that's fine. The healing crystals is really just more of a, I guess I'm trying to be funny when it comes to that stuff. Cause I feel like some people take it a little too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like, I read palms, you know, like I learned how to do that. So in, in high school, is that that voodoo? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So against Catholicism, let's be honest. Uh, they are like, what? My parents are going to be like, what are you saying right now, Doreen? <laughs> so in high school, when I first got to high school, they had like, you can go to the library for like an hour, two hours, pick a book, read it, try to learn something new. And I I read all the time already in my own personal life. So I was like, I'm going to do something crazy. So I started reading books on how to read palms. I read about it for a couple of years, really got into it. And so now, I mean, I can grab your palm and I'll read it. But it's, <laughs> but it's really what, what they tell you though. It's really not about necessarily the lines. It's more about like, so if you touch the texture of my hands, right, you can see that I don't really work with my hands because they're not rough. So I can tell you that already. And when I hold my hands out, my, my um, fingers curve a little bit because I type a lot. So it's more about the power of observation more so than being able to predict the future. And people, some people need that reassurance just to know that someone has a little more insight in their lives. And I think that if it makes you feel good, again, I'm going to say it again, do you boo. I don't care. Just don't waste your money. Just, just don't, don't like go bankrupt trying to like call psychics and like all that kind of stuff. Like just don't Ms. do that. Miss Cleo, call me now. <laughs> call me now for your free reading. <laughs> oh God, I feel old. Uh, a lot of people are not going to get that joke, but please look up Miss Cleo to see what this comedy is that we grew up with. Um, another what else you got thing for I me? wanted to touch on was um, the middle class. Millennials don't really know that much about the middle class anymore because it is kind of disappearing. And uh, the reason for that is a cu- there's a couple different reasons, in my opinion. One is college, right? So a lot of baby boomers are like, oh, I used to work and go to school and go to college and I was fine. Like, you guys need to suck it up. But it was also different. Like, so back then, and so let's say 1989 through 1990, college was $9,730 just at the time, including tuition fees, room and board, full-time student living on campus, 
$9,000. Okay. And now, you know, we are, it's so much more expensive for us. For us, you would need $21,000. And plus, you know, this depending on what school you go to, to pay for tuition, room and board. So working and paying that off, is not as possible as it was before, because it's just a lot more expensive. Our pay has not gone up to match the inflation of college tuition room, all of that. It just, they just don't match up. So it was easier back then. And it was easier to find these jobs. How many jobs have you been looking at where they're like, we require a college degree, all these certificates, you need to have five to seven years of experience. And you're like, okay. And the pay is $30,000. Like who is, that's not even enough to pay my student loans back. You know, and so when when companies are not paying you well enough to have that level of education, but they're requiring it, how do you maintain that lifestyle? So a lot of people are looking to, you know, being online, doing podcasts, you know, doing um, the IG stuff, IG modeling, whatever, be, do their brand ambassadors, starting their own businesses. People have to be really creative. And then we have this whole industry of people working Uber, Lyft, Instacart, doing all these like side jobs where they don't get any benefits because it's just not offered. They just want to use you for the labor and not give you anything else. So these companies are profiting at the cost of decimating our middle class class. Maybe in the next 20, 30 years, it won't exist. There's going to be a stark divide between people who have money and who have always had money and people who are trying to get it. And I hope that maybe this generation can figure out a way to get it back or maybe to maintain that so that we don't have such a low, low, low class where they're constantly struggling, living from paycheck to paycheck, don't have enough money for food, having to rely on public services. Even think about some of these apps where they do, what is it called? Where they, they raise money. They're like, oh, hey, you know, so-and-so is in the hospital. Can you donate? You know, can you give money? The crowdfunding, you know, that wasn't a thing back then because people actually made enough where they could save up for those types of times. But how can you do that if you work for Uber and get no benefits? You're, you're putting miles in your car. You have to pay for the tolls, just pay for gas, all of that. And you're just hoping that people tip you. So if you look at Europe, they don't tip. That's not part of their culture because the, you know, restaurants and places, they actually give their employees a living wage. And I think that's why they're a lot more stable when it comes to like maintaining you know, their profitability and, and people being able to work in a cafe and actually still living. So anyway, I, I, I'll get off my pulpit now. And uh, <laughs> See, I get really that, passionate. It happens. <laughs> I think that millennials are trying to fix what was broken in the baby boomer generation and they're trying to make things better. And so I think that boomers should see that and understand that it's not an attack on their way of life. It's just as you get older, things have to improve and modernize. And the way that we live also has to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it was interesting. I saw that um, this is kind of a difference between generations too, but um, I put something up about my political preference and someone who's older than me. Um, and I think I'm not 100% that they're in the boomer age. I'm pretty sure they are. But they wrote, what we need is someone to calm down the White House, not someone to shake things up again. And I thought it was very interesting because, you know, as millennials, we are not looking for someone to bring things back. I don't think, I think we're trying to make things better. So if we have to shake things up to make things better, that's what we're doing. And that's like you mentioned, you know, people are doing Instagram and you guys are, you know, doing all these different entrepreneurial things, you know, rather than the normal nine to five and, you know, women becoming just secretaries and nurses, you know, like we're really just shaking it up so that we can try and find a different way of life to survive and be happy. 
so let's talk about one way that they are not doing things better dating in the oh. millennial age oh my Ouch. god it is brutal <laughs> okay yeah like all these dating apps tinder where you know the amount of likes that you get to find your your personal identity and like your self-esteem and like this quick like swipe left swipe right like we dismiss <laughs> so many people and it is just it is crazy and like the ghosting people and I, I mean there's just so many things that people do now that weren't even the thing and so I think that dating is the one way we are not getting it right like we, <laughs> we are messing up big time we're gonna be left with a ton of single people who are just like nobody loves me because no one swipe right so as a person who has had a ton of dating disasters I can tell you we yeah we need to go back <laughs> we need to go back to where we had like phone conversations and like late on the bed and like got to know somebody and like develop crushes on people but you can't have a crush on someone if you're on the computer all the time right like you can but you don't really know them you know the identity that they're trying to put out on social media which is not a real person no one is fully captured by their social media presence that's my opinion but i don't think any we see the best in ourselves or we see what we want to be and that's what we project but that's not actually who you are so overall, there are a ton of differences between millennials, Gen Zers, baby boomers, Gen Xers, but ultimately we are evolving and we're making things better. And I think that each generation brings certain benefits. And I think we've taken that and we've made them better and then we made them better. And then here we are now. Now the Gen Zers are like, they're doing their own thing sometimes, but they're going to figure it out. They're just babies right now. So give them the chance to grow up and you'll start to see the fruit of that labor kind of show, show itself. But that's all that I have on the whole millennials versus baby boomers, but I hope you guys got a good grasp of like the fact that we are not biased, even though we are millennials, but we do believe in a lot of different things, and we hope that you guys agree with some of what we said, and if you don't, let us know. Um, we are so happy that you joined us for our first episode. We are small time, but we are working on all this fun and exciting things. Next week's episode, I think is going to be pretty fun as well. Visit us on the socials, let us know what you think, and we will catch you guys later. Bye! <laughs> Bye! This Black Woman Magic, the Ebenezer's podcast, was created, written, recorded, and produced by Jabby and Doreen. Theme music by Chris Black of Truck Music Productions. 